welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. There was a word that I was carrying in my spirit yesterday, and that was the word bloom. I just heard the Spirit of God saying the word bloom. I'm looking at Kelly right now as I say the word bloom. And Kelly, this might speak to you, but it might speak to some of you women. And this was the word that the Lord gave me for some of you. And he said, bloom. It's your time to awaken, flourish, and arise. Arise and shine, for your light has come. It's time. He's saying to us, it's your time. It's your time to be. It's your time to become. This isn't just for the women. This is for all of us, okay? So let your praise arise and lift your eyes again to me. And you will see what I see as you behold my face and as you behold my glory. It's in that place of my glory that you'll be changed from the inside out. It's in that place of my glory that you're never going to be the same again. Transform by the power of my grace. I am your God. I am your creator. I am your father. And my hand is upon your life. Fix your gaze and behold my face. It's your time. Bloom. Did that speak to anybody here, Bloom? That just spoke to you. Slipped your hand. It's your time. It's your time. And when I look at this flower, see, I love the word, I, I love the word bloom. Because I think it represents all of us. Okay, men, and you're like, why is she holding a rose and thinking about me? Just embrace it, okay? Just go with it, okay? Because I don't want to leave anyone out here. But I love the word bloom because it represents all of us. And I believe who God created us to be. One of the things that I love about this flower is that it's open now and it's not closed. So bloom can represent something that's colorful because you were created to be colorful. Guys, you too. You were created to be colorful. We were created to be extravagant. We were created to be extraordinary. You know, one thing that I love about this flower too, it's open. See that it's open? It's not shut up and closed in. It's not afraid. It's not timid. It's open. It's vibrant. This flower is fully alive, and it's very fragrant. And another thing that I love is that it's right in the timing of God. It's right in the timing of God. And I really believe that for many of you in this room, when you're just like, when's my time? When's my time? When's my time? Have you ever been in a season like that? When is it, Lord? How long? How long? How long? And the Spirit of God is saying to you, it's your time. Okay, so who, who said that the word bloom meant something to them this morning? Three? Three. Okay. Should have been handing out flowers. Uh, should have had a flower hander out. Sorry. This is like coming off my time. Don't worry. Don't worry. Caitlin, who else had their hand up over here? Someone had their hand up over here. Yeah, you did. Okay. That's great. Now other people are like, why didn't I raise my hand? I would have got a flower. It's all good. Don't worry. Everybody's going to get a flower at the end. But the definition of bloom means to produce flowers. It means to be in flower. Bloom is the place where things are in full fragrance and are in full flower. And one other thing that I love about the, the flower is, is that it was made with intention. It was made with significant detail. See, can I just hold this for a second, Shannon? It was made with significant detail. As much as these flowers look alike, there's not one flower on the planet that looks like another flower. There's not one of you 
that looks like another one of you on this planet. There might be similarities, but Ella, there's not another person like you on this planet. In fact, there's not a, a person that ever was and ever will be like you because God created and crafted you with such detail, with such extravagance, with such, um, in, in, um, pardon? Interest. Yeah, I'm going to leave that. I'm gonna, I'll put it on social media. <laughs> no, don't take a picture of that. She's taking a picture of it. Thank you. Come on. Give that woman a flower. You, want, you know what? You want your flower. You're going to have to earn your flower today. You had it. See, she's filled with the spirit. There's 7.9 billion people on the planet right now. I was actually watching it, looking up at Google the other day. It was just like going up and up and up, and the numbers just going up and up and up. Yet there's not another me on this planet. That might be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but I'm not worried about it. There's not another one of me. There's not another one of Jake that ever will be. And I believe that these are the, one of some of the things that God wants us to be aware of because he created us for this time and for this purpose with such intention. You weren't born in 1960. You were born in the year 1999, right? Okay, high five. 1999 on purpose because God called you to your generation to serve your generation. If you have a Bible, open it up to Psalm 139. And this might be the only scripture we look at because we are not going to be here for an hour and a half, I promise you. When he said that, I was like, oh, they're going to hate me when I get up there. It's all good. Psalm 139, in verse 13 in the New King James, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, in that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillful, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O oh God. I love that there's an exclamation at the end of there. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number in the sand. And when I'm awake, I am still with you. I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. See, we grab hold of scriptures like this, and we'll never be the same. We grab hold of scriptures like this, and we will be unstoppable in the very hands of God. I was tearing up because as I was reading this, I was reminded that I was supposed to be aborted and I wasn't supposed to be here. And I welled up with thankfulness for my mom, who had the courage to have me when they told me not to have me. And I will praise God today because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And what the enemy tried to stop, God fought for me, and I am here. God fights for you. When you're dealing with trauma, when you've dealt with abuse and the effects of, the, of abuse, God fights for you. God fights for you when you're feeling alone. God fights for you when you're broken. God fights for you when you're dealing with anxiety. God fights for you when you're feeling rejected. God fights for you. 
He fights for you. He fights for you. And he wants you to know that you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. This is for the men. This is for the women. This is for the young today, and this is for the old. Your baby inside of you has been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. I will praise the Lord, for I am fearful. Your miracle, baby, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. You were created in the image of God. You were created with the greatest skill known in heaven and on earth from nothing, from nothing into something in everything he desired you to be. You are his masterpiece, intentionally crafted for this hour. So let's look at Psalm 139, 14, just a little bit more focus here. I will praise you. Let's say that I will praise you. For I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Say the rest of it. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Something very powerful about reading the word of God together out loud. Amen. So that word praise is from the Hebrew word. It's 3034 in Hebrew. The transliteration. Transliteration, me and my words today, hallelujah, is yada. Yada means to give thanks. It means to praise. It means to confess the names of God. Yada is like shooting arrows of praise as we lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? This is why we got to open up our Bibles and read it just a little bit more so that we understand when we're saying your praise will ever be on our lips. We're not just singing nice little like nursery songs to the Lord. We are shooting arrows into the atmosphere. I'm shooting arrows at the enemy that has been, you know, tries to bring me down every single day. If you deal with depression, lift up the name of Jesus and shoot arrows at the enemy because you've been called in the kingdom for such a time as this. And we don't got time to waste. You don't got time. You don't got time for anything but what the Lord has for you. Amen. So it means to praise the Lord with extended hands, but not just extended hands, Pastor Adrian's all for this. <laughs> Yada. Just say it. Yada. <laughs> if anyone's visiting today, I'm so sorry. We're actually not that weird. A little bit. <laughs> oh, I love it. I have this phrase that I say, nothing's weird. And if nothing can be weird, nothing's weird. And trust me, once you've had a baby, nothing's weird. Amen? <laughs> nothing's weird. Nothing could be more than that. Don't just say that. But I had a couple of thoughts while I was reading this, several, but I'm going to just narrow it down to a few. I wonder how much time, I'm going to use myself as an example, okay, I'm going to pick on myself today. I've spent focusing on myself, the things I didn't like about myself, the things I wanted to change, I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with that. But I wonder how much of my praise and surrender and focus on the Lord has been held back by focusing on things that I that really didn't matter, that really didn't bear fruit, or things that the enemy wanted to get me distracted with saying, you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not this, you're not this. I wonder how much of my sight and focus would improve if, my, if I increase my praises and my yada to God. Amen? Do you need better sight? Do you need better clarity? Do you need stronger focus? I wonder how much that would improve 
If I increase my praises to God, I wonder how much my joy level would increase. If I spent more time focusing on the name of Jesus, I like what Joyce Meyer said. I love that woman. I love her. I would love to just tell her one day because she just says it like it is in love. But she says, praise and be raised. Let's say that. Say praise and be raised. Say it again. Praise and be raised. Okay, I'm going to blow through this if you're taking notes. But praise gives me eyes to see what he sees. Praise reminds me of who God is. Praise gives me more clear vision. It cleans my eyes out. Sometimes we don't see things clearly, and we don't see how, what things actually truly are, which is one of the reasons why when you spend time in worship or you come on a Sunday morning, you're like, wow, I feel so good. I feel so clean. I can, you know, you, you come into that place of, yeah, I've been called in the kingdom for such a time as this. You're like rocky, and you're just like, I'm going to rule the world, man. I just said, man, wow, I'm old. <laughs> But then on Monday, you're like, oh, I can't do this, right? Am I the only one? Okay, apparently I'm the only one. I'm okay. I can be the only one. But praise reminds me of who God is. It cleans my eyes out. Praise cleanses my heart. My heart gets dirty really fast. Praise cleanses my heart. Praise causes me to look at Jesus. We can't praise. Were you praising the Lord this morning? Yeah? Who was praising the Lord this morning? Was there, I hope everybody was. I cannot. If you can figure out how to do this, I don't think you will, and I don't think we should. But I don't know how to not praise him without seeing him. I don't, when we're singing, what a beautiful name it is. Are you not picturing him? Even though you don't know exactly what he looks like, pretty sure he doesn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. But, you know, but when you're singing what a beautiful name it is, we see him, don't we? And it's that place of seeing him that we are changed, that we are changed. So when the psalmist, King David, is saying, I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I think it's in that place of praise of seeing him that we begin to see ourselves as he sees us. Not as the world sees us, not as the enemy would see us, but how he sees us. And I think it's incumbent upon us in this day and hour when we're scrolling, we're scrolling, we're scrolling, when we're seeing stuff and there's comparison. Am I the only one? You know, all the stuff. All the stuff. We're not this. We're not that. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too, I'm not smart enough. All the stuff. Praise and will be raised. Praise and you're going to see what God sees. Praise and you're going to become what he's called you to be so that you can do the things that he's called you to do. We are getting so bombarded by the things of this world. Hear me out because this is for someone. We are getting so bombarded by the things of the world right now that we need to increase our level of praise, church. We need to increase our reading of the word of God. Parents, you need to increase your wisdom and on it with your children, to be around, to be attentive, to be nurturing. Do you remember that old song, Be Careful Little Eyes What You See? Me and my old songs, hey, when I speak, I don't know what happens. It's like a thing in this church. Old songs, I love it. Be careful little eyes what you see. You know what? Be careful. What's the rest? <laughs> it's awesome. Come on, it was so good. So good. 
I can't look at him without becoming more like him. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I want to look at him. I want to look at him. We're going to go through the scripture so you can see more of this. I want to go through all of Psalm 139, but I can't. But I encourage you to. Three things that you're going to see in there. I'm rushing through this part. He's omnipresent. That means that God is here, yet he's everywhere. He's omniscient. It means that God knows everything. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He has unlimited power, and he's able to do anything. He's the God who sees. And I wish I could go through this beautiful story where God revealed himself to Hagar that he was the God who sees in Genesis 16, 13. Have you ever just felt unseen? Felt unnoticed? Have you ever felt seen by someone? Or you read that scripture in your Bible and you were just like, that's for me. And you felt so seen by the Lord. He sees you. He sees you. If there's someone in the room, and I feel like there's someone in the room has not felt, who has not felt seen, he sees you. And even if the whole world didn't see you, it doesn't matter because the God who created you sees you. And that's all that matters. It's all that matters. And when he sees you, when he sees me, and my eyes are locked in on him, I want to come closer and closer and closer because we were designed to have this face-to-face relationship like a friend. He's my savior. He's the one who saved me. He's my Lord. He's the one I surrender and I give my life to and I answer to every single day. But he's my friend. He's my friend and he sees me. The creator does not forget or quit looking at his perfect creation. There's nothing about you that God would change. Now, there's things about our heart that, you know, God's always working on. But I'm talking about physical attributes. If we could just accept ourselves for who we were and who we are, oh, how free we would be. What I really wanted to do was bring a mirror from my house here today and us put scriptures on the mirror. And I thought, you know what, maybe we need to just cover our mirrors with scriptures so we don't even look in the mirror for 21 days and some of us just need to break a habit and just stare at the word of God. He's the God who sees church, but are we looking at him? Are we looking at him on Monday? Are we looking at him on Tuesday? Are we looking at him on Wednesday? Or are we living our lives in such a way where we're not looking at him and we're distracted with ourselves? What do you see? Just close your eyes for a moment. When you think about yourself, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And as your eyes are closed right now in this holy moment, what does God see? And I want you to remember that, even if it's one word. What does God see? What's the word that he has for you this morning? And when you're done, just open your eyes. What does God see? What are we looking at in our everyday life? What are we scrolling through? And I can't get away from this song, Be Careful Little Eyes, What You See. 
Psalm 139, 14, I'll praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. We were created to worship. Say worship. Now, I want to talk about two kinds of worship here, okay? So I don't want to just, like, blow through because I want you to maybe learn something new today that you didn't know before you came in here. So the definition of worship in Webster's Dictionary, number one, is to honor or show reverence for um, a divine being or a supernatural power, okay? Number two, it's to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, and devotion. You were created to worship. I was created to worship. We were all created to worship. And if we're all worshiping something at any given time. We're all worshiping something. We're all worshiping someone. But there is a right worship and there is a wrong worship. Did you hear me? There is a right worship and there is a wrong worship. And if we don't understand these things, we can fall prey to these things. Right worship would be something like this, that which brings glory to God. That which brings glory to God. See, a worship isn't just a song, okay? Worship is my everyday life lived before the Lord, amen? And you can see that in Romans 12. But wrong worship would look something like this, to give more devotion to something or someone other than God. Did you hear that? Wrong worship could look like to give more devotion to something or someone other than God. Right worship gives me right focus. Right worship gives me clear vision to see how he sees. Right worship will take me higher and give me greater understanding. Right worship will give me Holy Spirit clarity. How could you not right, want to right worship after hearing all this? Right worship, this is R-I-G-H-T, by the way. Right worship brings me into alignment with God and what he says about me. If you're struggling with what God says about you, spend more time with him. It's simple. It's simple. Wrong worship will give me blurry vision. Wrong worship will cause my human sight to be greater than my spiritual sight. Wrong worship is going to bring confusion and a lack of peace into my life. It can bring anxiety and torment. Wrong worship brings me out of alignment with God and what he says about me and has planned for my life. Our life, remember this, will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. I promise you. I think about this all the time. It was what one of our pastors said to us in Calgary. He said it all the time. Never forgot it. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Sydney and I were out the other day, and she, um, I think we went to Vancouver the other day. And uh, she just out of, you know, out of her mouth casually said, she was like, so I unfollowed 200 people on Instagram. Because that's what we talk about, you know. She's <laughs> if you have, if you have uh, young children or young, you're not a young child. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next gen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Instagram's a big deal. Come on. Social media is a big deal. So when she said, I unfollowed 200 people, and I said, oh, who did you unfollow? And she starts, she starts naming off some people. Don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. You know, these are like celebrities and people like this. And I said, you know what? I don't think that was a bad thing. Good for you. Because be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because it gets into our heart. I don't want to preach against social media because we're a church that will be known for something. Be careful what you follow. Be careful who you follow because it gets into your heart. It gets into your heart. We talked about this last month. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Parents, I want to get after you a little bit this morning because we're passionate about raising up children. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Huffer, be the helicopter parent. Just, you will be glad when you're older that you were involved, okay? Not the communist parent, but you know what I'm talking about. You should know if your kids have a social media account. You should know what they're looking at. You should know who they're following, and you should care. And if you don't care, I want to pray for you after church. You should want to care. You should want to be involved. Parents, train up your child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart. What we are looking at, church, in this day and age is a massive deal. When we look at Jesus, we'll become like Jesus. When we look at Jesus, we'll become like Jesus. Say that. Say, when I look at Jesus, I'll become like Jesus. What we look at, we think about. What we think about, we magnify. What we magnify, we empower. What we empower, we behold. And what we behold, we will become. I'm sorry I'm not laughing right now. I'm sorry I don't have any jokes in my back pocket. But with every breath in my body, in my lifetime, my heart would always be to push people closer to Jesus. And I'm not going to apologize for that. What we behold, what I behold, I will become. What do you want to become? Think about that for a minute. Who do you want to become? What has God called you to do in this lifetime? Hang around more people like that. You want to be in the ministry? And I'm not thinking everyone should be in the ministry. My kids would know that. I have like, <laughs> it's a story for another day. <laughs> you want to be in the ministry, though? For those who want to be in the ministry, hang around people that want to be in the ministry. Quit scrolling at other things that could take you in a totally opposite direction. You want to be a doctor? Hang around doctors. And you'll be a better doctor, okay? I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of work that goes into this, but we need to cultivate the culture of our heart. We need to cultivate the culture of our mind and be careful what we're looking at. I think some of us, I'll be careful how I say this. I'll use myself as an example, and I talked about this last time. Interestingly enough, I never talk about this in the last few times I've talked about this. Through my childhood abuse, okay, comes a certain level of trauma, right? If you've been through this, you understand. Trauma is strong and it's real. The shame and guilt are real. Poor body image, self-hatred, unloving spirits, eating disorders, fallout of abuse, pain and addiction are strong and they're real. But his grace is stronger. I want to say that to you this morning. His grace is stronger. Say that. Say his grace is stronger. His love is stronger. His mercy is stronger. His power is stronger. If I'm not dead, I'm not done. And the enemy might have tried to abort me. The enemy might have had his way so he thought when I was a child and tried to steal my childhood, but God's grace in his hand on my life was stronger, and I'm still here, and I'm not dead, so I'm not done. 
So I'm going to tell you, be careful what you look at. Be careful what you think about. Read your Bible. Spend time in the presence of Jesus. But the balance here, I also want to say, counseling is good. We're not going to be the weird church and not talk about counseling and say those kinds of things are not important. It's important. Do all the things that you need to do. But also I'm going to say, while you're doing that, look at Jesus. Spend time with Jesus because in my own life, I can say without Jesus, I would be dead. wasn't even planning on sharing this, so maybe this is ministering to someone this morning. I would be dead in a ditch somewhere for sure. Sydney actually, um, with her degree in criminology, um, she was studying trauma, and she was, I don't know what it was. You want to just share it for a sec or no? Yeah. Well, anyway, so she, she did this, wrote this paper, or she watched something. I can't remember. She came downstairs, and her, she was just like, Mom. And she was like, you shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't be alive, like with all the data. But hey, God's hand is on all of our life in the room. Amen? Amen. You're not a statistic. You're not a statistic. Nicole in the back, his grace and his power is stronger. Because at some point, we have to take a hold of the word. Can we put Psalm 139 up there? I will praise the Lord, for for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. See, you'll get to this place as you spend time with Jesus. You'll get to this place as you read your Bible. You'll get to this place as you behold him more and more that nobody can take it from you. That's what I love about that. Say, my soul knows very well. You guys know what I'm talking about? I know with Marlene, nobody could talk her out of who God is to her. Nobody could talk to her, no matter what's been done to her in her life, that on Christ the solid rock she stands. You get to that place. You get to that place. I have more, but I'm going to end here. I'm going to end here. God has a call in your life. There's no accidents in the room. I was born out of wedlock. I'm not an accident. I'm just happy it happened. <laughs> Thank you, Mom and Dad. Hey, I'm here. I don't, it doesn't matter how I got here. I'm here. I made the cut. but I'm aware that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And marvelous is God's work. And my soul knows very well. You deal with body image stuff. You've dealt with abuse and trauma. Just close your eyes for a minute. Addiction, pain, depression, brokenness, hurt, abandonment, self-hatred, unloving spirits. The list goes on and on. His grace over your life is so much stronger. And I believe that in this season, and even perhaps today, that God wants to set some of us free in this room. Because the spirit of the Lord is here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And one word from Jesus can change our lives. One word from Jesus. So Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power of your presence, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you that atmospheres in our hearts shift, that atmosphere in our minds shifts, Lord Jesus, when your presence is near, Lord. 
Lord, we thank you for the power of your word that brings healing and it brings wholeness and it brings alignment and it brings restoration. God, I thank you for the power of your love, that perfect love destroys fear, perfect love destroys anxiety and torment, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that every person in this room would know that they have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this, whether they're 12 or whether they're 92, Lord Jesus. May they know that they still called. May they know that they still have purpose. May they know that they're relevant, that they're important, that they're vital. Even with the 7.9 other billion people on the planet, they cannot do what every person in this room is called to do. God, I thank you that we have awareness of this in the name of Jesus. And we will spend our days, Father, looking at you. And as we behold you, Father, we'll become more like you and transformed. God, I thank you that this is a season of transformation for many. For many. Lord, that we will go deeper and we will heed the call to walk closely with you, Jesus. Jesus. I want to pray for people who have been dealing with depression. If that's you, just lift up your hand this morning. No one's looking around. No one's looking around. Just lift your hands up. I went through a really hard season of this, so very compassionate heart. But I know that his presence is stronger. His presence is stronger. His presence is stronger. So God, I thank you for the power of your presence this morning for the healing power of your presence, Lord Jesus, that praise breaks the heavy yoke in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your praise today that breaks a heavy yoke, Lord Jesus, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. God, I thank you for the garment of praise coming on your people this morning, God, for a spirit of heaviness, for that garment, Lord Jesus, just coming upon your church this morning, God, for a spirit of heaviness that we wouldn't have to live distracted distracted or Jesus but we could live free and focus God on you on you Jesus I want to encourage some of you to put worship music on in your house I remember when the Lord talked to me about this and Jake was so gracious and he went on along with it even when we were sleeping we had worship music playing 24 7 in our house and I'm not meaning just any worship music I'm meaning anointed worship music because we were going through a tough season and I needed the anointing of the Lord to break the heavy yoke of what the enemy was trying to do I want to encourage some of you who are dealing with stuff today just to step it up with the Lord this season step it up step it up focused and free focused and free and you will be says the spirit of God as you behold my face and my glory you will be focused and you will be free um, do I have a few brave women that will share maybe a word that the Lord said remember when I said what do you see what does God say about you do I have three brave women that would just come up and say what God said to them Ruth she's gonna earn her flower unless she <laughs> Earn another class. It was very powerful, actually, um, when you said that. And I thought about how I see myself. And then when she said, how does God see you? 
And something that I fought kind of against for years was the fact that I am a compassionate person. But without wisdom and understanding, that can get you into trouble. <laughs> so I've kind of not always been thankful for that. But I felt like God saw me. Um, that word was compassion. He sees me as a person with compassion. And then I need to embrace. And the scripture that came to my mind right away was when Jesus said, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. And I'm like, my heart leapt because that is what I'm called to. I am called to compassion for others. Lord, I thank you for the gift and the grace that you put on Ruth's life, Lord Jesus, that you would surround her, Lord. You would bring people who need the compassion of Jesus, Lord, because I know that your compassion releases the miraculous and it releases healing. Lord, may she be used mightily of you in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, one more woman. Brave woman. Oh, yeah, I want this brave woman. Come on, let's give it up for Nicole. If you know her story, then you know. The thought that has been coming to mind for me is that you're called for a time like this, not to be born yesterday or like your time was your day of birth and who you are and who God has made you to be for this time through the pandemic, through all the heartache, through all the pain, through all your family's sufferings, you were put in the middle of that for a purpose and a time. And the Bible verse that comes to me is, whom shall I send? Send me. You don't know what you're going to be doing. You don't know what, but you're just ready because God makes you ready. If you don't feel it, well, you are because that's just who God says you are. And we're all here for a purpose, a plan, and it may not feel like it some days, but you just have to know that God says that you're amazing, awesome, and wonderful, and that's all that matters. I love you. Her and I met at Wagner Hills. It's been a long, uh, beautiful um, relationship. Okay, one more. I was going to do one, but I'm going to do one. Some, come on. Um, my name being Summer, I just think, like, I think about myself being joyful and vibrant. But I think what it had to do with what you said is that, like, God doesn't make someone exactly like you, and your name has meaning. You know, like, just like, yeah, God has specifically chosen things about you that are set for you as a person, so... That was a word. Hey, before we go and before we hand out flowers, Jaden, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Can you put Luke 4:18 up on the screen? There's a reason why I don't read out of my Bible because I can't see anymore. So bad. Luke 4:18. You got it? We're all going to read this together before we go. Okay, here we go. Ready? 
the Spirit of the Lord. Come on, upon me, because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim. Next verse. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. That's you. That's you. You put the other scripture up, Jaden. That's you. That's all of us. If I'm not dead, I'm not done. You know, John 16, 33 says, In this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Jesus isn't saying it's going to be easy and it's not going to be simple. And as we're believing God for things, we've got to surrender and walk closely to Him. But I've found those things that I've dealt with in my life brought me closer to Him. And even through the suffering, I found Jesus. I found Jesus. And when I found Jesus, I found resurrection power. See, I could stand here today and say, you're awesome and you're this and you're that. And I want to do that. I love encouraging people. But how much better to be connected to the one whose words are more powerful than mine and could tell you that every single moment of every single day. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.